Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Allie Reeves, and my purpose is to help women grow their online businesses, influence, and income with ease. I've built a multiple six-figure business on social media and have mentored now thousands of women across multiple industries on how to do the same. If you're ready to drop the excuses, learn all the juicy secrets, and step fully into the six-figure and beyond boss that you're meant to be, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Welcome to the Six Figure Influencer Podcast. I'm so happy you are here. Today, we are going to continue on with your questions that you submitted to me a couple of weeks ago. We still have quite a few that are awesome that I definitely want to take the time to answer because I feel like they would be beneficial for all of us to hear. So that is what we are going to do today. Also, as I record this, it is September 1st, which means I have closed out yet another month. We all have closed out another month in our businesses. And you already know I am going to be sharing what's gone down. So in July, we hit our first six figures, which was fabulous. And then it was like, oh, okay, now what? (laughs) New month in August, what's going to happen? Can I do it again? I was feeling very different energy going into it. Um, Anyway, what transpired kind of blew my mind, like a lot. So this is likely what I'm going to be talking about next week. So just keep that in mind if you're wanting an August financial update and what I did to hit the numbers that I hit. Tune in to next week's episode. Um, July was... Here's the one thing I'll say. July was very, very, very action-focused and intentional and um, in my masculine. August, not so much. So we'll see, we'll see what the results were. So stay tuned for that. Okay. So I'm going to get started on these questions that you all submitted. So the first question we're going to answer today is how to restart when you have fallen off. And my best advice for this is just go. Everybody is concerned about themselves. Everybody is thinking about themselves. Everybody's focused on themselves. No doubt there are some people who miss you and who have noticed that you are taking a little bit of a break or quote, you've fallen off, but not as many people as you think. So to, to think any deeper into that, you didn't say that you have, but I've worked with plenty of women where they're like, well, should I should I say something? Should I like, what's the best way to go about this? Like, you can't just show up again. It's like, why? What do you mean? What do you mean? You can't just show up again. What do you mean? Of course you can. So I would just decide I'm getting back out there and recommit yourself, right? There's a reason why you're coming back. So, and there's a reason why you quote fell off. So 
I would take some time before you come back and get really clear. Okay. What, what was I missing that ended up with me getting burnout or overwhelmed or uninspired or, you know, whatever, whatever happened, something was a catalyst for you quote falling off. So I would take the time to get clear on that. How can we fix that? How can we moving forward, avoid that vibe again, and then just come back and own it. If you want to make a post and say, Hey, this is what I've been up to. And as a matter of fact, I would own why you fell off. Like, why not? Like, Hey, I got really freaking burnt out. I got really freaking uninspired. I was going about this the wrong way. I'm back better than ever. Watch out, you know, like freaking own it or, or just jump in. Like you never left. (laughs) Why not? So that's how I'd handle that. Keep in mind too, that if you haven't been showing up on social media, it might take some time to re-warm up your audience, which is to be expected. So take the time to do that. Just kind of like re get reacquainted or or just show up like normal and understand that like the numbers are going to catch up as more and more people start to engage with you. You know, engagement begets engagement. So that will continue to build on itself. And welcome back. The next question is how to journal. This is such a good question. I thought about dedicating a full episode to this. Uh, I have an episode, a really, really old episode. It's one of my first, like, I think it's in the top, the top first 10 of my episodes. Yeah, it's old, all about journaling. Cause that's, that's when I like started getting into it. And yeah, so here's, here's the thing. There are many ways to journal and there's no right or wrong way, which I'm sure you already know. So I'm going to share how I prefer to journal because that's what I know best. So for me, I look at at journaling as an embodiment practice, an embodiment ritual, which means that as a human who is actively growing and evolving at all times, I have a version of me that I'm currently working toward right? There's a version of me that I am currently stepping into. She, she feels a certain way. She acts a certain way. She, you know, she's me, but just like a few steps ahead, um, a little bit happier, a little bit wiser, a little bit richer, a little bit, all the things. So, there you can have embodiment rituals you can have embodiment practices which is just where you do something to shift yourself from like your current state to this future you state i call it like ali 1.0 and ali 2.0 so you can do this by meditating you can do this by affirmations in a mirror you can do this by listening to fun high vibe music you could do this by journaling. You do this by working out. You could do this. Like you don't actually need a ritual. You can, sometimes you just wake up feeling like a badass, <laughs> you know? And, and you realize like, I don't need to do anything. I just, I'm, I'm 2.0 in the flesh. I need to make a 3.0 because I'm, I'm the walking embodiment of, of the future me right now, you know? 
So anyway, one of my favorite embodiment rituals, because I do not wake up every single day feeling like the baddest version of myself. Thus, I, I like some embodiment rituals. And my first or my favorite one, by far, the one that I'm most consistent with, because I like testing things out. But the one that I'm most consistent with is journaling. And I share about this a lot, especially in my stories. I have journals full of, I mean, it's really, really cool to like go back and, and read where I was and what I was working through and that kind of thing. But the way that I personally do it is I start my journaling the same every single day. Thank you, God, for another day. Because it's a reminder, like I get another chance. This is because, and, and by the way, obviously I, well, not obvious, but I usually will journal in the morning because this is my way to kind of start the day off on the right foot. But I'll journal whatever. Like there are times I journal, you know, sometimes you just need a good journal sesh in the middle of the day before bed. It doesn't matter. Usually I do it in the morning. I start with, thank you God for another day, because it just like reminds me that today is a gift and I get to try again, right? I I get another chance at this. I get another chance to get it quote, right, right for me, what I, what I want it to be. So that kind of gets me started. And then I do gratitude. So I'll do a list of however many things that I'm grateful for from the day before or currently. And it's usually like, I'm so grateful for my time with Cruz yesterday. I'm grateful for Chris. I'm grateful for, uh, I'll, I'll track my money in this. So a six figure day yesterday, I'm grateful for my current clients and the breakthroughs that they're happening and, and the, the relationships that we're building together. I'm grateful for good sleep. I'm grateful for summer weather, you know, and I'll just like go through whatever I'm actively like thinking of and grateful for in the moment. And then from there, I write from like a, from like a a future focused vibe. What am I calling in? How do I want to feel? How do I want to show up that day? And I, it's almost like I'm writing, like I'm putting in an order to God source the universe. So, you know, a lot of times I'll say like, today I choose to focus on blank. Today I'm calling in blank. I refuse to, to give my power away when blank, you know? And it's like, how do I want to feel that day? How do I want to walk away from the journal session into the rest of my day? That's what I write out. And I kind of just get started there. And then it, it takes me on a roll sometimes. Sometimes they're really short. Sometimes I'm writing two or three different pages, but that's my personal favorite way to journal. Every once in a while, I will... I will journal out like limiting beliefs, things like that. Like there have been times where I've caught myself recently in, in, in a moment where I was like, okay, what am I doing here? Why am I doing, why did I dip into that? And I'll work through it. You know, I'll say like, I've noticed lately I've been doing this, but 
I don't need to do that because, you know, and I'll just kind of like work through that limiting belief, which is essentially arguing why it's not ultimately true. And the new belief that I'm choosing to put in its place. Every once in a while, I'll do that. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't love writing on paper things that I don't want. So not that journaling out limiting beliefs is doing that, but like, I, I really like, if I'm going to take the time to write something on paper, it's almost like I'm ingraining it in some way, you know? So I, I try and stay as future focused as possible. Like what I, I try and stay focused on what I'm wanting to create versus what I'm not wanting to create and focusing on the past. So that's just personally how I like to journal other people. I mean, there's so many different ways, but a lot of people like to use their, their journals, almost like a diary where they're, you know, how, how did they feel yesterday? How they feel in that moment, just like as a way to get emotions out of their body and to process, which I do believe is super powerful. It's just not personally how I choose to journal. So that's just how I do it. The next question is about being a mentor to others and leading them. So to me, a mentor is when you are, you're not just teaching something, right? Like I know, you know, I've heard about this strategy. You haven't. Let me break this strategy down for you to save you some time or, or teaching something like, you know, like a strategy or something like that. That's more so coaching, teaching. Mentorship is I've done this before. I've lived this. I have X amount of time of experience with this specific thing the problems you have right now, I've likely, I've had the hopes and dreams that you have right now. I've likely had the same and have hit them. The limiting beliefs that you feel and, and that you are dealing with right now, I've worked through them. I've done the work, right? Like you are, you're the embodiment of a version of, of of something that somebody else wants, you know? So like I mentor women on how to grow six and multi six figure businesses because I've done that. I've done that many, many times over at this point. I've taken myself from 1K months to five to 10 to 20 to 50 to 70 to now six figures to $120,000 months. I've done it. And everything in between back and forth times 10. I've hired a team. I've dealt with trolls and haters on the internet. I've dealt with people wanting to cancel me. I've dealt with um, amazing things happening in my business. I've dealt, you know, like you name it, when it comes to growing a business online at this level, I've been there, I've done that, and I'm continuing to do that. And how I continue to grow is because I'm the walking embodiment of what I teach. And as I continue to grow and evolve, I 
now can, can help on that level too. As I grow and evolve, it serves you because now I'm, I'm telling you things as I'm learning them faster than you're experiencing them. So you are collapsing time because you're learning wisdom and my insights at a level that's maybe a little bit more ahead than you faster than I did because I'm learning them in real time. So to me, that's a mentor. A mentor is like, I've done this. I've been doing this. Now I can support you because I've been there, done that because I have the wisdom. It's like knowledge versus wisdom. Knowledge is I've read this in a book. I've heard this. I've kind of, I kind of know about this. You know, I can riff on it. I can I definitely save you some time and, and teach you this thing. Mentor, that's like coaching, you know, teaching. Mentorship is I am this. I've been this. Here's the wisdom I would impart on you. Here's what I would do differently. Here's what I would do the same. That is, that's a mentor to me. Next question, how to know when your audience is warm? You test it. That's the only way. You test it. I get asked this a lot, actually. It's lately, especially with women I'm working with um, and and some newer clients are like, well, I have an idea for this offer, but I don't know if my audience is warm enough. I don't know if they're, you know, if they they trust me enough yet. And it's like, well, how are you going to know? until you test it. You don't, there's no way to know until you don't just put out one offer until you actually put out a few, because even if you put out just one offer and you don't get many bites, that doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's because your audience isn't warm. It it could be because the offer wasn't great (laughs) or your launch strategy wasn't great. There's so many factors that play into a successful launch or, or whatever your goal is. So how to know when your audience is warm is you, you test it in different ways. So I know this human who, who sent in this question. So I know her uh, her business and I assume she's asking because she has maybe like a specific offer or some new offers that she wants to put out into the world. So I say, put them out like now, why not? It, it really just comes down to, can your ego handle it if people don't buy, you know? Like the worst thing that can happen, quote, worse, is that nobody buys. And actually, that's not even the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen is that you sit on a really good idea for too long or you never put it out out of fear that people aren't going to buy versus actually putting yourself out there and having a crappy launch. That's not failure, that's, I was testing something and, and something didn't work. So now I have data and I have wisdom and I get to try, try again. That's the game. So how to know when your audience is warm is you test it. Okay. Next question, masculine versus feminine energies and how you learn to lean into your feminine. This is such an interesting question because this is something that I'm still learning myself. 
personally. I am certainly not a mass, you know, a, a feminine, masculine energy expert by any stretch. I've taken a few courses. I've been mentored on it by my mentor and, and I'm working on it because I, as I've been growing my business, like, especially in the first few years of my business, it was all masculine. And my energy when it comes to business is more action, which simply means like, to me, the difference between masculine and feminine energy, masculine is action is doing feminine is being is trusting. That's how, and some people might disagree. I might be explaining that wrong, but that's how I, I think about it. Masculine is I'm doing the things I'm taking the action. The feminine is I'm leaning back. I'm trusting I'm, I'm embodying, but not necessarily relying on the physical action, you know, and there has to be a balance or, or a lot of people theorize that, that especially with our businesses, it will work best when you can balance both of these things, right? Like any kind of relationship, whether it's between people or just, you know, any kind of balance of anything works best in a lot of cases with like a balance of masculine and feminine energy. And you can see this in couples, right? In couples. And this doesn't mean a male and a female. Males can embody males have masculine and feminine energy. Females have masculine and feminine energy. Everybody has both. But if you are coupled with somebody, typically one person will be more naturally masculine and the other person will be more naturally feminine or, you know, and and a lot of times when there's issues is because there's an imbalance of this because one of them has dipped more into the other energy and there's there's more of one energy and sometimes I can throw things off. So anyway, that's the way that I think about it. So how to lean into your feminine in your business is more trust. So in business, we need both. You, you can't just like meditate on a pillow and trust that like your business is going to thrive. People will argue this. And I'm sure there are examples of like master manifestors who can do this, but most of us are not master manifestors. So most of us who have both masculine and feminine energy, you know, have this both in us, like we, and, and I've seen this in my own business and a lot of businesses where it works best, where you do have a strategy that feels really, really good for you. And you're able to lean back. You're able to trust. You're not constantly relying on the consistent, constant action in your business. You're not overdoing it. My mentor says overdoing it overdoes it, right? There's a point where you've done enough action. You've done all the things that you can do and anything that you do extra is overkill. It's like, why? This is where we we follow up too much or we might like manic post or 
I don't know. I mean, it could look like so many different things. Um, launching to maybe quote too much in your business when you don't really want to, but like, crap, I need to hit this number. So I have to just do, 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 do. There's, there's very little of that lean back energy of like, okay, I've done enough. I've set the intention. I've done the things that I know how to do. And now I trust that like for my highest good and the highest good of all, it's going to come this or something better, you know? So to me, that's what it looks like leaning into your feminine in your business. I did a lot of this in August. July was definitely a mix, but it was definitely more in my masculine. There was a ton of doing and I had so much fun in this. And also, I mean, truly like I trusted it too. Like I truly, there were, I, I said in a post, July, I, I launched a ton, but also I did not miss out on any sleep. I did not miss any time with Chris and Cruz. I took care, excellent care of myself. I traveled. So I was very much, now that I'm speaking and thinking out loud, I was very, very much in my feminine in July as well. It just happened to be heavy masculine with all the doing that I was, that I was doing. Um, but in August I relied more on my feminine, which I don't feel as comfortable with. Like I, I know if I do the work and I take the action, I'm going to get a result. I feel a lot more secure in that and my ability to do than I feel in my ability to not do and to trust because I'm more practiced in the masculine because that's how I've been conditioned because that's how most of us have been conditioned. I don't have as much proof in my business and in my life where trust has gotten me a result where we're not taking action has still gotten me a result that I want. It's happened before, but I have way, way, way more proof for the doing in the masculine. So it's actually this thing that I've taken on as like this thing that I'm testing for myself. I, I want more proof. I want more evidence that I can do both, that I can have the months where I'm fully leaned forward going all in, doing, 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 not at the sacrifice of anything, but just because that's, that feels good. And I want to know that I can do it the other way too, because then I can tell you that both are possible and I can mentor you on how to do both. Because as women with very busy lives who want it all, who have kids or who have partners or who want to travel and grow a business, right? They want to, we want to grow a business and we want to grow successful business and we want to make hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. And we want full ass lives in addition to that. So what that looks like is there's going to be different seasons of our lives. So if we are constantly relying on 40 hour work weeks, in our business or whatever that looks like in order to get a result, then what happens when we, we have our kids home because of a pandemic? What happens when we want to take the month off and travel? What happens when we're having babies? What happens when we just need a freaking break? So 
I'm proving to myself that I can do both so I can do the same for you. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm reporting back. Wait till next week's episode. All right. Let's see. We'll do one more. Um, so this one is, I have never been my ideal client. So how do I speak to them? So this person obviously offers a product or service that is aligned with somebody that they personally do not align with themselves or um, identify as themselves. So in this case, then you, you can still put yourself in that person's shoes. You can still, you would want to market to the problem that you're solving, to the transformation that your product or service is providing. That's how you do that. You don't have to, you don't have to say, Hey, I've been where you are, but you can say, Hey, I know you're struggling with this or even better. I know you want this type of transformation. Here's how I can give it to you via whatever it is that you sell. Okay. Another question, leveling up and realizing your audience is not your ideal client. This is so normal. This is going to happen. And a lot of people, I think, either miss this or they, they get really stressed out about this, right? Because you identify as like a certain business owner and you don't realize, maybe you don't realize that you as a human are going to grow and change. Thus, so is your business. So, so many of us start businesses and it becomes, and we let it become like our full identity. And then as we naturally change, we realize, wait a second, why does this not feel as good anymore? This used to be my life. And now I don't want to talk about this anymore. This doesn't light me up in the same way as it used to. And it can turn into this whole like shame spiral, this whole freak out situation. So just understand that when you, when you realize that you've grown and now your, your audience isn't quite aligned with where you are, you know, they're still expecting the same offers from you, the same, the same services from you. They're expecting the same vibe from you, but you're just not there anymore. Number one, understand that this is okay. Number two, you move anyway. You move anyway. You change your message, you change your offers, you change your pricing, like whatever is being called to level up, to grow with you, you do that. It doesn't matter where your audience is. They get to be called to rise too. They, they've they been growing right beside you. So you may surprise yourself. I surprised myself with this because I was teaching social media and I kind of like, pigeonholed myself in a way with, with kind of the, not kind of, but like with the network marketing community whom I love. But as my business grew and I started shifting into more business mentorship, because I'm not in direct sales, I have my own business. So as I was learning to grow my own business and as it was expanding, I started mentoring others on, on growing their own business. And I realized like, holy crap, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Like, this is the vibe. This is where I'm at. This is my up level. So I didn't make all of these excuses. And I, I didn't say like, okay, now I just need to start from scratch. I need to, I, my audience is expecting social media and a lot of them are network marketers. 
and they're going to be pissed off and they're not, you know, they're not where I am. I'm smarter than them. They're not (laughs) as smart as me. So I just need to start fresh. I need to, whatever. No, I just, I just shifted. I shifted my message. I shifted my branding. I shifted my offers. I just, I, I did me and I fully trusted that people would rise with me, that people would be inspired, that people would be down. And if they weren't, they know where the door is. And there was a lot of people that went and found the door and I had to be okay with that. And that's, to me, that makes perfect sense. But to other people, this starts to freak them out. They change their message. They change their tone, their vibe, their offers or whatever. And then they sit and they watch the follower count and they see it go down a couple of times. They're like, ah, I'm doing something bad. And it's like, no, just because somebody unfollows you like that, that means nothing, nothing. So my advice is you do you and you fully trust that the people that are meant to rise alongside you will do that. And the people that aren't will flow away. And as you continue to shine your light as bright as possible, as fabulous as possible, you are going to like moths to a flame attract more people that are meant to find you. I've seen this from my own experience and so many others. This is the truth. And then, okay, do we have time for one more? We have time for one more. Okay, so essentially newer businesses are typically advised to start or to charge hourly when they're new, but I am energetically ready for more. Okay. And it's true. I don't know if it's true that like most are advised to start hourly, but it's very common, right? It's like, and in a lot of industries, you'll see this where that's just the common practice is you charge by the hour, right? I charge this much an hour, no matter what. So whatever package you have, I'm going to break it up per hour based on how much time you have with me, how much time it takes me. And that's how I'm going to charge. And this, it's very common. But in our industry, if you're growing your own business and you are creating your own offers, go back and listen to the pricing episode that I posted. I think episode 172, it's all about pricing. And I I riff on this and I go super, super deep. But to me, charging hourly is not the move. I charge based on transformation. I charge based on my overhead, my lifestyle, like what I need to make as a human to be able to show up fully on your call and give you the best of me. That's how I charge. So one-on-one, if if I'm working with you one-on-one, it's going to be my highest tier package because if you and I are sitting face-to-face, that means that I am not scaling my business in that moment. I'm not with my child. I'm not with my husband. I'm not in a bubble bath. I'm not like I could, I could be launching an offer in that same hour and make double, triple, quadruple, 10 times what I'm possibly making because of that call. You know what I'm saying? But I continue to do it because I love working one-on-one with women. I freaking love it. It's my favorite thing. Otherwise I would not do it because at a certain point you will make your time, you'll see like my time is much better served with one to many offers, much better 
but you continue to do one-on-one because you enjoy it. And in the beginning of your business, one-to-one is actually really powerful because you learn how to mentor. Um, you're going to get a ton of experience in that way. So um, I like one-on-one is my highest tier and all of my pricing is based on my personal business, my personal goals, not anybody else's. I don't care what anybody else charges. It's none of my business. These are my prices. And then um, per offer, I charge based on transformation. So if you buy a hashtag course from me that takes an hour to go through, or I have a training that's going to teach you how to scale your business in an hour, you can bet the scaling business program, even though it's the same amount of time for both, is going to be more expensive because the transformation is greater. You know? So that's that's how I go about it. That's how I think think of it. But you do you. It's your business. You get to do whatever you want. So that is all that I have for you today. Thank you for hanging out with me. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your week and I will see you here next week. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening. My goal is to help as many women as possible. And if this episode supported you in any way, the very best way to show your appreciation is by simply screenshotting this episode and sharing on your social media or with your team, or even better, dropping me a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget, if you're looking for additional support, you can always reach me on Instagram at Reeves. And or you can join us in the free Six Figure Influencer Facebook group. See you back here next week.